Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Team Gurus podcast. I'm Mary Walter, and I'm here with my partner, Brian Buford. Hi there. Good morning. Good afternoon, we everyone. We are thrilled today to have a fantastic leader joining us. Derek Jenkins is not only a great leader, but a very close friend of mine, and I'm just thrilled to have him on our podcast. Derek is the former Chief Operating Officer for Fiesta Mart. Prior to that experience, he was a senior vice president for Shopco Hometown Stores. And Derek and I met when we both worked at Target. Derek spent over 20 years at Target, held really interesting and big roles at that company, leading stores and leading operations, serving as a, at a senior level as an officer with the company. And his last role there was as a senior vice president of external relations as Target entered the Canada market. Derek has fantastic experience and is a leader that I've always admired and respected. So I'm so thrilled to have him with us. So Derek, welcome to our podcast. We're glad you're here. Thank you, Mary and uh, Brian. Uh, as always, there are voices that I hear that always make me smile. And I've always told you that yours is one of those. And we've got a great history. You've been just a great friend. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and just spend some time with you. Terrific. Yeah, this is a good excuse to get together for sure. <laughs> well, Derek, we painted a very brief picture of your career background, but can you tell us a little bit more about where you grew up, what that was like, and a little bit more about your career background as well? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, my background, uh, a bit maybe not as traditional, I'm a Navy brat. So I was actually born in uh, Naples, Italy. Um, and by the time I was eight, we had moved seven times. Um, you know, we had started in Italy, we were in Maryland, we were in Georgia, we spent time in California, we spent three years in Japan, and <laughs> excuse me, and then um, ended up in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, you know, one thing I did learn uh, while we were doing all the traveling, particularly while we were in uh, Japan, was my father and his military showers. So for me, it was kind of a note, maybe you don't go into the military. Um, you know, after that, uh, you know, early speech from my dad was, uh, you know, the choices of career wise, I think I was about 11 or 12 years old is, you know, you either figure out how to pay for your college or, you know, you decide you go into military and it's pretty easy. I've already told you what choice I, I took. So I, uh, I ended up getting a scholarship, uh, athletic scholarship with Appalachian State University. And Derek, uh, I have you know, to interrupt you and say, so. Am I hearing this right, that you didn't go into the military because you didn't want to have to take short showers? The military showers <laughs> were really troublesome for me. You know, at uh, eight years old, eight, nine years old, it was a little too short. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, uh, so then, you know, out of college, which I was not a big shopper, I ended up going to uh, company Rose's Discount Stores, uh, you know, out of the Northeast, much small, I'm sorry, the Southeast, a real small retail store. Uh, that ended up going into chapter 11 after a few years, but it really taught me a lot about uh, retail. And, um, and then uh, from there, they were going in chapter 11, Target came knocking and that began my 20 year career with Target. Uh, as I, uh, you know, I, I didn't tell everybody, this is, we're on our 26th move uh, in my life. Uh, my wife has done 16 of them with me and it's been great. We've learned something new and it broke, you know, growing up like that, you really learn to observe a lot of people. 20 years with Target, varying roles from a store, store manager, 
uh, to district uh, team leader, as we call it, a target district uh, group director um, in different parts of the country. And, um, you know, again, great career, 20 years, uh, ran operations for a couple of years in Minneapolis in the region out of Philadelphia. And then, as Mary mentioned, did uh, two and a half years in Canada. Um, after leaving uh, Target, uh, went to, uh, you know, one that went with a telehealth care clinic, uh, just a startup, just a curiosity builder for me. It's just how do you start a building? It was with a doctor. So I did that for about a year. And then I uh, ended up going to uh, Shopco stores. And we had, we were growing a lot of stores uh, as a private equity owned company and a great experience because you're responsible for everything globally. And then uh, most recently I was with uh, Fiesta as a COO, where um, again, we are a private equity owned company and uh, we just did a number of things, uh, you know, try and really get the company on track, improve the performance, improve, improve the communication, the training profitability. And, uh, you know, one of the, private equity um, outcomes try and make sure it go public or sell the company. And fortunately, we were uh, able to sell the company. And that's my snapshot. Well, Derek, um, you've had a varied career and many different roles. Looking back, are there maybe one or two specific jobs that really shape um, and had an impact on you as a leader and, and how you lead? Absolutely, Brian. I, I, I think that the role of a store manager, um, I equate it to the family, you know, and I think that uh, because you're there every day, it's like the family, your mom and dad, and, uh, you know, all the family members are there. You can make a difference and get your arms around that. Um, and then as you go into multi-store roles, you become a cousin. You know, and I think that um, so the store manager role, you really learn how to get things done, how to really learn as much personal about the team and how to make sure to assess on an ongoing basis and handle a lot of um, issues that are really um, problem, problematic for our teams and help problem solve and develop. The uh, district role was good because it was the first stab at trying to figure out how to run multi, multiple stores and not. Uh, run into um, running every store individually as a, there's a temptation to do, but trying to make sure you lead the leader of each one of those stores and I, in order to try and make sure that you achieve the common goal and communication is consistent, execution is consistent. Um, so I, I learned that from that one. And probably the role that was a little different that uh, I probably learned the most, Brian, was when I went to store support at, uh, at, at, at Target. And that was totally different because I was had been in stores most of my career in the field. And this one, you learn that everyone speaks a different language, um, you know, depending on which uh, strategy, whether it be marketing, merchandising, you know, distribution, you had to learn to speak the languages and you also had to learn how to influence without really any, any sort of direct um, reporting relationship. Um, and, you know, some of that comes from social some of it is in meetings, and you just really learn your your develop a lot of larger skill set on how to uh, learn out what learn what's going on with the company. And Derek, if I remember correctly, you um, you had very big shoes to fill, correct? In terms of who you succeeded in that role? Yeah, some some might say this is where my career kind of went down some because <laughs> I actually got married. Um, very, very <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I feel back to Mary who. Uh, uh, 
but it's going on to bigger and better things. But yeah, I, I did back there. And, and, and there's actually twice in our career that we did that. I always think that people that backfill, you know, you better than anyone else. So it's nice that we're still speaking, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I love about um, your answer to roles you've taken is, and the, what I've always loved about you is that you can reflect back on those early days in your career and remember what it's like. I mean, it was so long ago, forgive me for making you sound old, that you were a store manager and I think you still remember how that felt. So I'm, I am so curious about when you look back, Derek, how do you think that you've changed as a leader? You know, how are you different as a leader today than you were when you started? Mary, that's, that's a really good question. I think at that point, I mean, like many of us, you're so career driven. You're trying to figure out how to get to the next level. I think that sometimes you take your eye off of enjoying the situation when you're always looking for the next thing. And, uh, you know, so one, you're trying to aspire. And, you know, they say you go into the role, you got to dress like the role, you need to talk like the role. Um, but boy, just make sure you smell the flowers while you're there. I think, and while you're doing that, it's always a caution to make sure that you don't uh, lose your authenticity. Mm. And I think that that really can come out more so when the team's with you, especially when the high stress, people really find out who you are. And I enjoy getting to know people. Um, but, you know, we all have our tendencies and it's great to have some people around you who just kind of sit you down and tell you what's the truth on how things are going. And here's some things that you could do better. And I've always strived to make sure that as a change roles and do things that uh, you have somebody around you there who just cut through the chase and they can give you like brutally honest feedback. Mm. Terrific. I, it's interesting. There's that kind of mantra in leadership that as you get to more senior levels, your values become more important to the people you're leading versus your specific direction. Um, and it took me a long time in my career to really understand why, you know, I, I just didn't really get it. I thought, what's the, what's the big deal? But once I was interacting more at the senior leadership levels, I got it. I mean, first of all, you have so many fewer interactions and to your point, being authentic and real and being open to feedback. So critical. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, so in, in Mary, just, to, just to close that out, I think that, mm -hmm. you know, and I've gotten more comfortable with who I am as a person. And that helps my leadership. And then, you know, you realize your flaws and you speak about it more openly and people are a lot more accepting of your mistakes because we, God knows we make them. Um, and, and the fact that, uh, I don't know, as you go on, you make a decision, there are a lot of decisions that aren't going to be popular. You know, you have to figure out what percent of the population really likes it, what doesn't particularly like it, but you kind of get done and then you get together and everyone kind of agrees. And I think that they've learned it's okay to have a little bit of uh, unrest but just make sure you explain why. Derek, what's the best team you've been on and, and best in terms of not just um, performance, but also the team that you, you really enjoyed being a part of and, and um, could, have, could have been on that team for a while? What's the best team you've been on and, um, and what made it the best specifically? Brian, I, um, when I think about that, maybe it's, two different situations. And I, I always equate teams and situations. Um, I really enjoyed the team at uh, Fiesta Mart um, because we were all working towards a common goal. We knew it was short term. You know, we knew that we needed to make some things happen. 
everyone brought something different to the table, the CFO, the chief merchandising officer, the CEO, uh, myself, that was really enjoyable um, to make sure that we would go into board meetings on the same page or if something was wrong and we, we had opportunity to recreate some of the stores, rebuild some of the SOPs, and you get to really understand all parts of the business. So I would sit and tell you that that was really a great thing to be a part of. And you always aspire, I think, in career-wise to get to a point where you can really influence or make a difference with your decisions on a day-to-day basis. And that gave me that ability to do that. And you do it with people that you really enjoy being around. The, the one that I would tell you that I probably benefited from the most, and we probably, you know, if you're looking at stats and everything, probably not the best team from a results standpoint, but best for me from how to learn to be a better leader. And that was when I was first promoted to a district, a district manager, a district team leader at Target. Um, I was put in, a, a, I had a district that was the worst performing amongst my peer group. And I didn't have a lot of talent at the time. I had a lot of training that needed to be done. And I had to learn how to ask, uh, you know, just make sure that try to influence how to navigate the peer group who were much more experienced than I was. I was the newest of the group and, you know, not great results, build trust, and also just, uh, just try and get things done. And at the end of two years, with a lot of the help from my peer group who taught me how to do the job, how to run multiple stores, I ended up uh, being promoted and most of them ended up being on my team. So, you know, you always reflect on the things that you do day to day. How does it ultimately affect your career path? And I think it's one of those, don't forget those people, you know, that you're working with on a day to day because you never know what uh, the future holds. I just want to clarify or make sure I got it that, that it was at Fiesta Mart where you the, the goal, your common goal for the team was to go public, correct? To, to get that to that IPO? Yes, to either go public or uh, be involved in a sale. And in April of this past year, uh, we, had, uh, we had that buyout, it, you know, in, in a well, well ahead of the time that we had planned. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just curious um, that. I assume when you started the role, you you knew I'm not sure you know two or three years, but it was fairly short term that that you, you had that common goal. What how did that affect and impact um, how you worked as a team as opposed to being you know part uh, a senior executive at a at a much bigger public company um, where that IPO or or, or set, uh, sale isn't inside? I'm just curious. It had to be a very different experience that required a different perspective, potentially even different leadership skills. Brian, that is a really great point because I think it was one of those, um, again, because career-wise you move and, you know, I said we've moved 26 times, I think, in, uh, from a professional standpoint, probably, um, you know, 18 of those were as a result of moves. But you always felt like you had a bit more time to get to know the person or you felt like, oh, you know, I'm going to be with the company for 20 years. so you value it with this one you value it a little bit more and i think the uh, the the being able to one from a business standpoint you had to show your returns much quicker so when we did remodels or a marketing strategy you know whereas typically you'd have maybe several years five years three to five years to try and get it we'd have to try we wanted to make sure we showed some improvement in months to year and I think that maybe our social interaction ended up being a little stronger too, just because you knew you had somebody you were in a, in a, in a, uh, that you know, somebody you were working in a common goal. 
and you may have a limited time. So you just wanted to make sure that you made the most of it while you were there. And I think we had a tendency to maybe smell and appreciate what we were doing a little more so knowing that uh, it could happen sooner. Terrific. Well, Derek, you know, you talked about um, being transparent with mistakes in order to maintain authenticity. Um, and I think it helps the team to be more comfortable sharing their mistakes with you. So I'm going to give you a chance to model that. <laughs> so can you tell us in hindsight, what's a mistake that you made in your career when you learned <laughs> from it? <laughs> so easy for me. Um, it was in uh, the same role. My was first promoted to a district, uh, district manager. Um, my team, you know, I was you know, it has, it was a district that had, it was in a turnaround mode. And I knew that uh, going in, there would be some turnover, which I'm uh, more of a team builder, you know, the, with the athletic background, trying to figure out how to keep people on a team, keep them energized and motivated. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, you have the task and competitive side. Well, my competitive and task side took over and mm -hmm. I got in and tried to make things happen as soon as possible forgot to uh, include the team on a number of decisions, kind of made it in whole and made some bad decisions. And, uh, I, you know, I, I tend to deep, dig deep and try to learn the business personally so that I understand it. I've, I've always had this, this saying, don't be held hostage by not knowing the process or understand how things work. So I would dig into a lot of the reporting and try to get that in. And then one day, my assistant, who had been with the company, gosh, maybe 20 years, she came into the office and she said, um, Derek, you know, I, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, this district was open for the last six months. Everything you're doing right now, I've been doing for several years. If you really want to be effective at your job, why don't you let me do my job and I can get this report and I give you everything you need and you can go out and get a lot of things done a lot quicker. Best feedback I've ever had from someone who, who just, you know, looking out for your best interest. But, uh, you know, I think at that point, thick-headed me, figuring that I needed to learn it, I could get things done just by asking for the reports and reading it versus having to know how to pull up every report. What a gift to get that time back to focus more strategically. That's fantastic that she was willing to give you the feedback too. Derek, when you're a hiring talent, um, what do you look for to, to hire and bring on both great uh, team players as well as great performers? And do you have any thoughts on, on how you balance the two? Brian, I think that because of the multiple experiences, I think if I hadn't worked for multiple companies, I'd probably be giving you uh, something along the lines of, hey, you got to get the highest grade of talents and you got to make sure that every one of them is great at developing team, they're strategic and, um, you know, they execute well. Well, you know, what I, I learned with uh, some of the, um, with some of the private equity companies and some of the acquisitions that we've done is sometimes it's a matter you have to build your base so that you can just achieve and you can make sure that your business runs well at that, per, that particular time. So you want to take a look at someone who can execute, someone who can communicate to the team, someone who kind of understands their finances, someone who's you know, at least somewhat good at training. Now, what complicates that is if you're in a growth mode and you have to have, okay, so you can get that. So you're just trying to make sure you prop up your business while you're teaching everybody how it gets done. But you also have to make sure you bring on people on a different level. So I think you have to make sure that you're bringing on those who could do multi-store because you're, you know, at the time 
when I was uh, at, the, at the shop called, we uh, opened up 82 stores in two years' time. And, and it required for you to look at, okay, we have to have uh, people who can really run a business, you know, and kind of get some things straight while we teach everybody some of the best practices and SOPs. Um, so I want to make sure that we did that. But then I think you have to then tear it off and start looking for who's your future leaders, who's going to do more for you, who has, you know, that ability to make sure that they can, they can train better or they, uh, they have that strategic edge. Um, and and uh, so I think that the balance is very situational based on what I've seen experience-wise and, and, and ditto at, um, you know, at Fiesta. That, you know, we, again, we looked at, uh, because we had a large uh, bilingual uh, population, you know, that was somewhat important as well. Um, and uh, we had to make sure that we get people who could uh, really engage the team, who could get the results, who understood the grocery business, and, uh, and can they maybe do a, a multi-store. So I just put additional filters, um, you know, on some of those leaders that we had. And, and you know, fortunately, I had one person uh, at Fiesta that I used to work with who could help me screen and pick out some of the, you know, the other traits that you want. Do they demonstrate courage? Uh, do they hold teams accountable? Are they great with change management? Which is, you know, there's a lot of change that has to take place in a short period of time. And uh, I think it's a balance. But again, I would say situational. So interesting. I mean, I think if it's so many leaders are hiring what worked for them in the last job or the last role, the last company, it's a great way to look at it is what other filters do you put on? What needs to be added to that criteria, given the situation that you're currently in? You described some great uh, leadership characteristics there. I know you've worked for some great leaders yourself. Who's Derek, from your perspective, who's the best team leader that you've worked with and, and why? I will tell you the the one individual that uh, that really stands out in my development uh, took me on as um, a mentee uh, early on as my tenure with uh, Target, and uh, his name you know why not give praise to those who do some really good jobs? His, his name is Tom Sands, and uh, Mary is familiar with uh, Tom. And Great leader. Who did I really? Oh. Greatly, I think we both uh, benefited from uh, working with him. And he was so good for me because um, he was, I would call, very firm but fair. He had high standards. He understood the business. Um, he would be very direct in his feedback, but he was also very supportive when he put you into um, different situations. He knew your strengths. He got to know you very personally. And when he talked to you about getting better at something, or if there was an assignment, for instance, taking that one assignment, uh, five other people had turned that one district role down. But I didn't hesitate because he said, look, I've got your back, and uh, you're, you're going to learn some things. It's going to be really painful for you, but uh, you'll, it'll accelerate your growth. And every, everything he said was true. And, and here's the other sign that I, uh, I think was such a great thing about Tom is that while he would really challenge me in some of the conversations, you know, sometimes you when you're, you know, you'd be wet, you know, after the hand, you know, after the conversation <laughs> with Tom, you know, from uh, sweating your pants, because, you know, just because uh, he would challenge you. But you'd always, as you're going through the company, I would always hear a positive comment from someone else that Tom had mentioned to them. So it's almost like, you know, while you're doing all of that, you feel like he had 100% support from this individual. And, and again, he opened up a lot of doors and showed me a lot of possibilities that I didn't think were maybe possible when I joined the company. 
I, I was just going to say, Derek and I have talked about Tom many times, and he's such a fantastic leader. And I, I think it's such a brilliant combination of challenge. And to your point, Derek, having very high standards that you were striving to meet, knowing that he had your back. And I think it's interesting as you think about developing people, uh, he would put you in challenging situations that forced you to accelerate your growth, but it was safe because you knew that he would be there as both a coach, a mentor, and to have your back throughout the organization. And I think that's just a really interesting trait. Sometimes we forget that in developing people is that you have to make it safe. If you're going to ask people to stretch, you have to make it safe for them. And I think Tom did that certainly for me, certainly for you. And I think everybody that worked for him. Derek, how do you um, incorporate values and, and build team culture? Brian, I think you have to make sure that the values are are really woven through a lot of different things that you have that are going on. Because otherwise it becomes the exercise every year, you know, you kind of write the values on a sheet of board, a sheet of paper, you post it up and everybody has it. But if you ask the question and people can't articulate it or they don't know what it is, it becomes a little bit meaningless. So I I'd say that you've got to make sure from the when you screen individuals that come into the company. When you go through orientation, you should hear something around the values. You should personally lead those values when people interact with you. And then as you go through training um, or any sort of other thing where you're getting together, there should be some sort of mention around values on an ongoing basis just to make sure that people really know that it's important. And, and on top of that, you would think that your goals and objectives, there should be something centered around making sure that everyone's sort of living by these. So it's not just a piece of paper that kind of says, here's how we should be living, but it's actually how you're doing it. And there are a number of great companies that have, have mastered this. And, you know, and I think that, again, it's a matter of you continue to um, make sure you talk it, but more importantly, lead it. And kind of an, maybe an extension of that, it, I'm curious, are there any values that, that are really important to you right now as a more seasoned and experienced leader that weren't necessarily when you started maybe as an ETL or an STL? You know, values um, in, in, in working in values as part of a team. Oh, absolutely. Um, number one with me is trust. You know, I think uh, you've got to make sure trust, and especially with uh, the distance that's often involved with uh, running a larger business or a smaller business, you mm -hmm. just want to make sure people are making the right decisions. I mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, I think treating people with respect is also one of those like non-negotiables for me. Um, I think mm -hmm. that we should be respectful and there's a way, I mean, granted, we may not mm -hmm. always agree on how we go about doing things done, or there are times where we may need to separate an individual for the company and find something that's a better fit. But I think that everything should always be done in a respectful way. Um, mm -hmm. I think those are probably my core that I think don't change. And I mean, I could go with a number of other ones, but yeah, the respect and uh, the trust, I think are huge. You know, I, I have to say in my experience in working with you, um, I remember very distinctly um, after a conversation we had had, I think it was at, um, at a reception or some kind of celebration or recognition event. And I remember thinking that you were the, you, you were so authentic and humble and you didn't have an air about you. 
And even though you were an SVP, you know, no one would have known it. And and I, I remember thinking that that was just, um, you know, it was just kind of inspiring. It, it was unique, frankly, at that point. And I know other people really valued that, uh, that just that you, you talked to anybody, had no airs about you, and, and that whether the person was uh, – uh, the CEO, the vice chairman, and ETL that, that you communicated respect. So I certainly saw that value come through, gosh, even 17 years ago, uh, 16 years ago. My mom threatened me early on in life that if I didn't do that, there would be consequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leadership lessons from mom. I love it. I love yeah. it. Derek, you know, I think one of your most uh, interesting roles was working on this uh, expansion to Canada for Target. And unfortunately, that expansion eventually uh, failed and Target pulled out of that um, entry into Canada. But I'm so curious, as you look back on that time, what leadership lessons can we take out of that expansion to Canada and going into a new market for a company that had been established in the U.S. for so long? Mary, that is... uh... I have to tell you one of the best experiences. One, I was in a role that was not typical with external relations. So um, I had to, you know, one, understand uh, the strategy around community relations, government affairs, sustainability, reputation management. I had a bilingual team for the first time. And, in, you know, in no expertise on my behalf, and especially in a different country. So I really had to... Um, humble myself to make sure that I learned it and the fact that my French, my two years of French in high school just didn't quite cut it in a number of different meetings in Quebec. <laughs> so, so one, just building the strategy parallel to the U.S. to make sure that worked, that was one thing. But I think if I'm taking a look holistically, you know, I think for a target, it was, you know, it was positioned as our first entry in our international market and just making sure that we would uh, go with a different system to replenish stores, a different system in the stores, so the distribution centers. We had a third-party warehouse. And, uh, you know, very exciting to go in there. Uh, and we, uh, we really spent some time to make sure that uh, the stores really sort of replicated what a true target experience looked like. I think, you know, in taking a look at it, I think, you know, the, as you mentioned, the outcome was not what we expected. The shortcoming was that we opened up 124 stores in one year's time. And we did that, I think, without 100% pressure testing our supply chain. And it started to show, you know, some of the systems that we were trying as vanilla. I think, you know, in hindsight, I think most would probably say maybe we should have just opened a quarter of the stores and really work all of those issues out so that um, we had a fine-tuned machine. So we're giving a very good uh, customer experience to the uh, to our Can- uh, Canadian customers. The other thing I think that we found that maybe we underestimated was the pricing uh, perception. And I think that because there's so much cross-border shopping, there was uh, you know again a, a large part of the population of Canadians. Um, live right along the, U- the U.S. border and go across, you know, and shop. And the, the pricing is m- much more reasonable because you don't have the tariffs, you don't have the distribution cost, so it's a little bit cheaper. And I think that we probably could have made sure to tell that story more clearly. And I think, so I would say that, you know, net, net, make sure fewer stores, 
make sure the systems are working because again, we're just a, this is a template for what other countries would do. Um, and then secondly, just make sure you engage the public and figure out better ways to make sure address pricing and make sure set the, a realistic expectation of where our pricing would be. And you know, it's not that we were really out of whack with uh, the other competition. It's just that I think there was an expectation we were gonna be lower than others. Thank you, Derek. You, uh, Derek, what advice would you give a leader that, um, let's say, did well and is going to be starting in the C-suite um, tomorrow? Um, what advice would you give them? Um, and, and what surprised you about that transition um, to lead there at the top? I think, <laughs> you know, if I, from my personal experience, I'm, uh, you know, it's one of those where I said, gosh, you know, I should have spent more time in my finance. Maybe, uh, you know, have done that because I think you have to make sure you understand how everything works and, and you have that experience. But I think that uh, from some of the previous, some of the other companies, you get segments of it. Whereas when you're C-suite, you're, you're totally, you have total uh, visibility to every aspect of it. And so make sure you understand that. I think the other thing is that you're just, you're truly accountable for the total company. So it's, you know, sometimes when you're very segmented, like with some of the large companies and your responsibilities are clearly defined, you're wondering, you know, you're wondering what things kind of fall into your availability, really trying to make sure you address that. Well, this one, you know, if you're looking at social media, you're looking at the news at night, you're just looking at the overall industry, you're trying to figure out whether placement, how you fit into all of that and, what do you do to gain a competitive edge? Um, but that you're responsible for anything that may go, you know, that would go wrong. I mean, I, I would look at the news all the time and track anything to try and find out if there's anything that's happening in your parking lots. You know, is there anything from a survey standpoint that, uh, that you know, people are not happy with? You would look at recalls. Um, you'd look at uh, just focus studies on how marketing is being perceived or, you know, did uh, everyone get the, uh, their circulars delivered to them? So. It's, it's your involvement is all encompassing. And I think that you just have to make sure you broaden your scope on the things that you you don't have to influence because you're truly accountable, which is a great thing. Your knowledge of like, so many other parts of the business are so uh, much more aware. And uh, mm -hmm. I learned a ton. 2020 hindsight, uh, looking back, is there, I mean, if, I, if I'm tracking correctly, most of your career prior was in, um, was either in stores or in operations. You didn't do a tour in merchandising or in finance in any other part of, of retail, correct? That's right, Brian. Yeah. Is there is there uh, maybe a certain role or um, some, some skills or capabilities that you wished you would have built um, looking back? Absolutely. And, and I, you know, I think I was always envious of some of the people coming through finance because they did rotations and the different aspects yeah. of the business, whether it be management and some other pieces. I think that is really helpful. And if there were some sort of training that you had a chance to spend uh, some time in merchandising and maybe potentially marketing, um, because as I took the role at ShopPro, that is one of the things that I had more responsibility for in laying out stores and in some of the merchandise mix. And that experience with a company like Target, I think, would be huge uh, for preparing you to make sure that you're really prepared for the C-suite. 
It's terrific career advice to really be thinking about, you know, are you working in kind of a zigzag pattern and going to enough other functions so that when you do get to that C-suite, you have a broader perspective. Um, and, and you're right, Derek, I find that with a lot of my coaching clients that are either entering the C-suite or about to that um, having deeper understanding and finance tends to be one that comes up quite frequently. But I, I do think having that kind of zigzag can really enable you to be super effective at that C-suite level. I agree, Mary. But I will say without it, you were very effective. So <laughs> in hindsight, did brains <laughs> work worked out great. You know, you spent most of your career in the retail industry, and it's just um, been constantly changing, I think, during your entire tenure there. And you've always created aligned and engaged teams. How do you do that, given kind of the constant change inherent in the retail industry over the last 20 years and headwinds? How do you keep the team aligned? How do you keep them engaged? You know, Mary, I think that um, that whole mantra about change management and encouraging and rewarding those who continue to keep up with the latest technology and bring it forward, and then make sure that you uh, you include in my last two assignments are both. I always start off with a change management course, you mm. know, for all leaders, and then followed up with accountability class training, like the second month that I was there. Um, for the purpose of letting you know that, hey, this is just this is how we have to operate in order to get better. And uh, we should be, again, um, uh, you know, for those who bring in uh, surface ideas and are very open to new ideas, let's try it first. You know, there's always going to be a few things that maybe don't work exactly right, but give the feedback on the different process. And, uh, and let's just make sure we make sure it's better. But then, you know, with uh, Amazons of the world and um, with uh, social media and this ability to be able to make sure you have different apps and how do you have people shop these days, you have got to make sure that you stay current with that in order to be relevant. You know, but at the same time, you can't, while you're looking at all the technology, commerce, and different things that are going on, you can't lose sight of what you do right every single day. And it, right, you got to make sure you're keeping your stores filled or you have, you're carrying something that really is appealing and differentiate yourself from the competitors. And, and you've got to just make sure that your service level, you've got to make sure that you're relevant as far as the experience of people in the store, because, you know, it's getting so much easier to buy without going into the store now. Terrific. Yeah, sometimes we lose sight. We get excited about the shiny new thing and forget about the engine that's driving the bulk of our business. Derek, do you have any thoughts on how to have just a balanced life. Um, you know, I imagine that you're somebody that you, you always aspired um, to, to set and, and meet and exceed high standards. You've worked hard. You've moved a lot. Um, what have you learned works or doesn't work about just um, having a good balanced life, not overdoing it, and um, kind of having the kind of life that you want and need for you and your family? Brian, uh, that is a really good one. And, it, and again, I have really good feedback partners at home. Believe me, my wife will tell me in a heartbeat and my daughter will tell me when she sees signs of it. But I think it's also up to us to just recognize when we're overdoing it. And there are situations when you have a deadline you're up against or a meeting that you have to make sure you prepare for. I think we kind of get in a task mode or things aren't going exactly the way you want, you kind of get to that point. And I think you have to know when to say when. Um, the thing that I found for me is um, I get distracted. And I, I you know, kind of leave the conversations, kind of get past me. 
And for me, it's a check like, okay, I need to pull back, focus on what I've got to get done. And for me, it's lists. I've got to make sure that, you know, I have my phone by me in bed. So I'm thinking about something and make sure, wake up, put it down. And at that point, I can get a good night's rest because I'm not trying to sit and think about what I need to remember. And then generally, I'm an early morning person. And, you know, I will get on a treadmill and maybe do uh, like a 5K. And that's sort of a processing time for me to make sure you kind of like stress reliever process time uh, while I'm listening to like the, you know, the, the music and getting it. And I think it kind of keeps me in check. And at that point, you know, I'm just kind of like, let's get it done first thing in the morning, the worst things of the day, get it done and uh, just keeping a good balance. But I guess it's really good feedback partners from a work standpoint as well as family. Hmm. Yeah, I just recently read the two different pieces and sources of research on uh, high perform individuals that are high performers. And um, one is uh, uh, they're early risers um, and, and also exercise. Um, and you kind of embody both of those and kind of you're writing uh, writing a thing down in, in a notepad by your by uh, by your bed I remember the, the great getting things done course by david allen he was a um one of his disciplines and practices to kind of just get the stuff out of your head and get it down and captured somewhere so you can free up your mind and, and be at peace and sleep better sounds like that's what you do oh that that's right and, you know brian i have to selfish reasons too i like to eat so the exercise allows me to eat uh different sweet yeah too. <laughs> all right derek we're at the rapid fire portion of our interview and uh so just a bunch of quick questions that we tend to ask everybody so here we go you ready yes so tell us what's the best part of your last job well, it was the interaction with the team and then just being able to influence and then the camaraderie I talked about with the, the team that I was working with. Uh, it you know, wasn't a long time, but really quality time while I was there. Terrific. And it was, I know it was challenging. What was the most challenging part of that job? Well, um, so we accepted a job um, two weeks before the hurricane hit Houston mm. and joined it a week after. So we, you know, on top of having some stores that have been flooded out, you had the human element where a lot of our team members were had lost their homes. Um, but at the same time, you know, the task is to try and get to know everyone, but then let them go through this emergency procedure um, and try and make sure you take care of them. Um, so I think that balancing that with trying to make sure you're trying to instill some disciplines around labor processes, uh, but then the empathetic piece that you had to make sure that this person's living in a hotel or they're living with family or they lost their cars. So we also, we looked at a balance of how can we do some things with, to make sure to keep the task part of it going, but be empathetic and do some things that we could do that a company wouldn't do to help, help the, the people to make sure that, you know, they've been loyal for uh, that many years for the company. We should do something to help them out. That's terrific. I mean, what a balancing act that must have been as you're trying to make improvements fast, but yet you need to keep everybody with you and keep them aligned and they're going through such a difficult time. That's that had to be really challenging. Thank you for sharing that. Derek, when you look back on the last year, what are you most proud of accomplishing professionally? I would tell you that the, the, you know, stick with the team, the development of the team and some of the processes we put in place. um, I think that, um, you know, and then at some point, you know, there are different. 
Yeah, I think that I'm just really proud of just getting uh, everyone kind of done. And I mentioned that you know, the, the strategy overall is to try and make sure that we make a company profitable and then also that we would uh, sell it. So and we, we accomplished all of those. Both the business goals and the team goals. And for the, it sounds like preparing for the future, too. Pretty great. What are you still working on and learning to be a better leader? Wow. Communication, probably. I think there's so many different ways we have to make sure we communicate and listen. And my daughter is always a great help for me for the different things that I don't, you know, and I think that maybe that's Mm -hmm. underrated, the reverse mentoring. And, you know, half the time, you know, with her, she will plug in some different music that she really enjoys. And my job is to just sit and listen and let her talk and, um, and figure out how she's communicating. I think just so that you can, you know, again, my background with moving around so much, I developed this really interest in learning, learning about people in different areas. So I'm an observer of people anyway, and I just love what she's willing to learn and share with me. It's terrific. I'm hoping someday to actually understand the memes that my son shows me. So I'm still working on that too. <laughs> Derek, you mentioned getting some great advice earlier. What's the best advice that you've received? I was told that, uh, you know, what you, the decisions that you do every day at work affects not only the person who's in the store, but it also affects their families. Mm. And when it translates to multiple stores, you're affecting those families as well. So you have to give some thought on how you're saying and understand the ripple effect of what you're doing and make sure that people are in the loop on it, or at least be more sensitive to the real effect of uh, those questions. Um, yeah, so I think that was, uh, that was probably the biggest thing that really stuck with me. I love that ripple effect of leadership. It's so real. And it, it really does. You can make somebody's throughout their entire family, their life, their community, such a difference by being a good leader and respectful leader as you are. Derek, what, what is your favorite thing to do when you're not working? I'm very much uh, time with family. Um, you know, we enjoy, um, you know, just doing events together. My um, wife and daughter, they participate in different runs. They're doing a 10-mile uh, run uh, in uh, another six weeks, I think. So a lot of exercise and eating, of course, the restaurants, and just making sure doing some reading as well. Terrific. And finally, what advice would you give yourself as a new college graduate? Um, Take more risks. Mm. Make sure, ask, speak up more. I was kind of quiet. And I think you weren't sure if you had a voice at that point. I think it's okay to show curiosity. And I think that I would invest in more of, uh, invest in me more, you know, and just making sure to ask questions beyond, I think, to what Brian had mentioned earlier about different parts of the organization is to make sure to uh, to ask, be curious about those things. And I had a curiosity, but I think I was so focused on just doing my job at the time, I think I could have been more well-rounded at this point. Terrific advice. Very much. Brian? No, I think, uh, I think that's great. Um, lots, of, lots of wisdom and really appreciate your, uh, Derek, your input and your honesty. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's great advice, especially the taking more risks. I, um, I know in my coaching work and and, in my own life as well, when I look back and when I've asked people, you know, what, what do they wish they would have done or what advice would they give? 
taking reasonable risks or risks and stretching themselves beyond um you know out of their comfort zone kind of proactively is something that always comes up so thanks for your time and and your input and um and wish you wish you all of the best thank you so much derek any last comments or advice for our listeners you know i i took an opportunity to listen to uh, some of your you and brian's previous podcasts and i just find them really um really thought provoking and i really appreciate the forum and for you to you know allow me to uh, be on here and just talk about it i think just make sure that uh continue to pay attention active listening smell the flowers while you're there don't be so focused on everything that's going on you know uh to try and get there so quickly uh enjoy life that's what it's all about thank you so much derek it's just been a real pleasure and we're so honored to have you spending some time with us i got some great tips and wonderful advice i'm sure that our audience will appreciate it so thank you very much and to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell a friend. This has been the Team Gurus. I'm Mary Walter. And I'm Brian Buford, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.